0: Alright everyone, welcome back to MOHAI, or Melodramatic Opinions Heavily Implied, the official podcast of the Monarch High School Book Club. We're going to start off by introducing ourselves. I'm Kat, and my favorite Night Vale character is Carlos.
1: Uh, hi, this is Switzy, and my favorite Night Vale character is also
0: Carlos. Alright, and today we have a very special guest with us, Genevieve, who is going to be talking about LGBT representation in different forms of media. Hi, I'm Genevieve,
2: and uh, my favorite Night Vale character, just from my limited knowledge of it, is uh, Jackie Fierro.
0: We are going to be talking about Night Vale a little bit later in the in the episode. If you don't know what that is, you will be filled in. But right now, let's let Genevieve take it away. Yeah,
2: and I just want to thank you guys uh, really quick for... Allowing me on this podcast and
0: like indulging this idea, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're glad to do it. We're we're really happy to do it.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm excited about this.
0: Yeah. And, uh, of course, if any of you out there want to be featured in the podcast and you have an idea like Genevieve has had, feel free to contact us. We don't bite, and we would love to have you featured on the show. So just totally come up and talk to us, and we'll get you into the podcast.
2: All right, so since this is the library podcast, I wanted to talk about, like, a lot of books that have great LGBT representation in them. So I've compiled a list (laughs) of books that I think, um, like, fairly and accurately represent LGBT people, like the experience, things like that. So I wanted to start off with a book called They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. And um, the title is kind of, like, kind of, like, takes you aback a little bit, but um, they do both die at the end. Like, it's a little bit of a, not so much of a spoiler, but it's about two guys that love each other uh, dying. And I wanted to talk about the trope that happens in a lot of media that LGBT people and lovers are always, like, killed off or like one half of a couple is killed off um, and I could talk forever about that um, but I feel like this book is like an exception to that to that uh, trope of like uh, LGBT lovers dying as a theme because it's so beautifully written and it's like in this theoretical situation where people get notified before they die and so, like, people know that they have this one day left to live. And, like, what would you do with that day? And, like, would you live as your genuine self? Things like that. So I thought it's, it's great fiction, mm-hmm. and it also has great representation. So it's, it's great for
0: everybody to read. Yeah, I've been meaning to read that one. I mean, <laughs> haven't gotten around to it, but I, I, it's book-talked all the time, and it sounds amazing. I really need to read it. For
1: sure. Yeah, I I did read it and I thought it was really well written and I thought it was, they, the whole sci-fi like you're notified before you die thing was really interesting and they utilized it really well and that these two people only met because of that and I mean they live until the end of the book and and then they die (laughs) but they live until (laughs) the end of the book.
2: Yeah, Um, the next book I wanted to talk about is like wholesome fiction, Um, it's Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. It's so fantastic. It's, like, the only book that I'll, like, find myself reading over and over again. Because, like, like I said, it's the sweetest fiction. And it's, like, fantasy. These two guys that have, like, kind of pined after each other for a while find each other and, like, accept each other for, like, all their... Flaws. like spoiler alert one of them is a vampire um this is sounding very like fan y now that I'm saying it out loud isn't it
0: actually the fan fiction from, from yes oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's um it's like older sister is fangirl and that's where like the idea was conceived because there's this girl named Kath and she's writing um this fan fiction which is kind of you know, loosely based off of Harry Potter, <laughs> and um, she's writing it, and then it was published as a book, kind of conceived from Fangirl, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really cool, I I thought Fangirl was a little mundane, and I might get attacked for saying that, because mm-hmm. I know that it's like, it's, it's a popular book, yeah. but... I don't know, to me it was just a little, like, mundane, like I said, and kind of everyday. And this is, Carry On is totally different. Like, it's a totally different, like, magical world that you, like, want to live in. It's very, like, Harry Potter-esque, but it, like, gives the fans what they want, kind of.
1: Yeah, and I think unlike Harry Potter, rather than being more about the world and the events taking place in it, it's really just about these two characters and their relationship with each other. So I, mm. I really
2: liked that. Yeah, definitely. I can appreciate that. Um, the next one I wanted to talk about uh, is an autobiography. And this like focuses like solely on like trans, the trans part of LGBT. And it's called Being Jazz by Jazz Jennings and it's just about like, her life as a trans girl and it's so positive. Like, I was so like uplifted while I was reading it. Like, of course, like the things that she's been through are hard, like going through life, like trying to be put on the girls' soccer team, facing these obstacles in her life and it's all about being your genuine self And it's even great if you, like, aren't trans or not even, like, in the LGBT community. Like, it's just, it's just really positive. So I wanted to put that in there for, like, like anyone to read. The next one I wanted to talk about is The uh, Miseducation of Cameron Post uh, by Emily Danforth. And I really wanted to talk about this because we all live in the boulder bubble as it's fondly named and we tend to forget what life is like for like people in the community outside of the bubble so I thought this book was kind of like a sobering look into conversion therapy and what people's lives are like in a community that isn't so accepting like that you know, isn't here in Boulder where people are generally, like, accepted. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So it's a great book. It's, you know, beautiful and all that. Um, It does have a little bit of a love story in it, but unfortunately it ends because of, you know, people's hatred and people's fear. And then the main character Cameron Post is sent to conversion therapy and it was again it was great for me to read as an LGBT person that lives in this boulder bubble because you know I often forget what like other people that don't have my life go through so I thought that was really it was really candid and and needed to be written. And the next one I wanted to talk about is Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda um, by Becky Albertali. Oh, and it's just the
0: book that the movie Love Simon was based yeah, on. Yeah,
2: it's better known as Love Simon. And I loved it, like I couldn't put it down when I was reading it. It's so candid and so funny. And I included it in this list because it's also very accurate to the LGBT experience, I think in the aspect of like secrecy and things that are taboo and like putting yourself out there but most of all the secrecy because the feelings that Simon goes through are so accurate I think because he's like desperate to keep this secret but also trying to find a love story like amidst all that secrecy and like feeling like the whole world is kind of stacked against him mm-hmm. or like doesn't understand him and yeah I think everyone should read it because you know it's the sweetest love story but also it's it's a great way to put yourself in like someone else's shoes if you're like a straight person <laughs> not if you're like a straight person <laughs> if you're a straight person um, but yeah, the feelings of secrecy, I think, are very accurate to the experience. And the next one I wanted to talk about is called I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson. And I wanted to talk about this because it has some experimentation in it. And I feel like this doesn't usually get talked about, is the, the period of questioning that a lot of people go through like, some people, and this is totally okay, like, some LGBT people know for their whole lives, but some people go through a period of not knowing, and that's also totally okay. And it's, it should be talked about, and there should be experimentation in books, and I so appreciated that there was, like, mentions of, like, experimentation and not knowing... In this book, like, the this guy, you know, he kisses girls, he kisses guys, and it's all about, like, growing into who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just so important for people to, to read. And the next one is um, Tell Me Again How a Crush Should Feel by uh, Sarah Farazan. And this is great because it's great (laughs) for me personally because um, it discusses a little bit of, like, other cultures. And it's great because not all LGBT people are skinny white kids from the suburbs. And this book really talks about, like, the influence of other cultures besides, like, my own, for example. Um dealing with uh, you know their feelings and like LGBT issues. So I think this was also really great to add like more diversity to the scene. Uh, the next one I wanted to talk about is um, Leaves of Grass by Oscar Wilde. and this is like the most beautiful scandal ever because in its time it was so scandalous. Because um, what Oscar Wilde did was like so bold. Um, he writes about like loving men explicitly, like without question that he's doing it. And like in poetry, which is, you know, of course, great. <laughs> I don't know if you guys like poetry, but I yeah. do. It's okay. It's okay. I really like right.
0: poetry myself.
2: Yeah, but it's like so romantic, so genuine. Like, I feel like I talk a lot about being genuine because, you know, everyone like deserves to be their genuine self and live without, you know, being inhibited. And I feel like Leaves of Grass is all about that and it's kind of a classic, so I definitely would recommend it. And another classic I wanted to talk about is uh, Brokeback Mountain, of course. Um, by Annie Prolkes, I think that's how you pronounce it. And I feel like it's important for, you know, people to read, but especially people who are in the community, because it's, it's part of our history. It's a great love story. I know there's been, like, some apparent, like, controversy about it, like, depicting the relationship is you know, violent or, like, kind of odd, and I thought about that, and I, you know, remembered what I read, and I realized that there's really this, like, other side to their relationship, too, because they kind of, they spend, like, the next 20 years, you know, moving on with their lives after, like, meeting each other at Brokeback Mountain and, like, getting married to women and masquerading as straight men and then, like, seeing each other after such a long time and, like, missing each other and loving each other. And I think that's that's where, like, the softer side of the relationship comes in, I feel like. So... I don't know, there's discourse about that, but, you know, people can talk to me about that if they want. Okay, so I wanted to talk about a lot of different um, recording artists that I think do a great job of including, um, like, commentary about their own sexuality or sexuality in general, um, and I wanted to start with uh, Troy Sivan. He's pretty popular right now, so you guys might have heard of him and he has this song on his debut album Blue Neighborhood called Heaven and it's featuring Betty Who and it's so beautiful and it like showcases a bunch of like conflicting feelings that like come along with like trying to discover your identity there's this lyric that he wrote just basically like perfectly displaying that saying he's feeling like his heart's mistaken and all about, like, without sacrificing this prominent part of myself, how do I get to heaven, basically? So I thought that was a great commentary, and it's relatable, too. Next, I wanted to talk about Sam Smith. Um, He's pretty mainstream, Um, but the song Stay With Me is, like, about two male lovers, and... I think it's so so great that we have a person like Sam Smith in mainstream media who's you know openly writing these beautiful love songs that are very popular and they're about two men and I I think that's so great like we can't have enough of that in my opinion I wanted to mention also uh, Todrick Hall um, I feel like if You're involved with theater. You probably have heard of him, but in case you haven't, um, he's been in, like, kinky boots on Broadway, uh, did a lot of stuff on YouTube, like, got his start on YouTube, is friends with Taylor Swift. I'll just add that. Um, And he has this song called Color, and it's a duet between two guys, and it's such, like, a sweet cute love story like that's like as like sweet as it can get probably and it's just about you know the process of falling in love so I thought that was sweet. I wanted to talk also about Kevin Abstract uh, from the boy band Brockhampton and uh, I talked to my friend Theo about this because my knowledge is kind of limited about like Kevin himself Uh, and he told me that the whole album American boyfriend uh, is pretty much great for this topic. So, mm-hmm. thought that'd be good to include. And then uh, I wanted to mention Halsey and Lauren Jaraguay of the band Fifth Harmony, or Fourth Harmony now, I guess, um, have a song together called Strangers. And, you know, it shows relationship issues between two women. And I so admire that, because they're both bisexual artists. And Halsey chose Lauren because of this, and said, like, explicitly she didn't want to feature a straight person. And I thought that was really cool, because, you know, the song is more genuine this way. Like, it's, it's talking about their lives, and they're able to, like... Do the song more authentically this way with two LGBT artists rather than like one and a straight woman. So I thought I thought that was good to include. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to mention uh, three more artists. Um, there are Janelle Monae who came out pretty recently, and her new album Dirty Computer is very um, bisexual, I guess, and. Um, It's great, like, it's such good music, so please give it a listen. I wanted to talk about uh, Zolita also, who um, wrote this song called Explosion, which exhibits, like, sexual desire for other women, and, you know, it does happen. And there are plenty of, like, straight love songs that are the same way, and I've noticed, like, kind of a trend where people when relationships between two women are portrayed in the media, people are like, this is pornographic, this is, like, too much, this, you know, shouldn't be, like, shown on TV or wherever. And no one says that about straight relationships, and I think that just goes, that's, like, all about a history of, you know, fetishization of lesbians and bisexual women, and thinking of their relationships is only for the enjoyment of men. And, you know, I could go on a tangent about that. But um, I think this song is great because it's a song about sexual desire and it's about like women loving each other. So I think that's good to include. And then I wanted to talk about uh, Conan Gray who's like the cutest person ever, and he has a song um, called Crush Culture, which is so great. It's very like, I don't know, Valentine's Day just passed, but if you're still feeling like anti-Valentine's Day, that's a good song for you to listen to,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and he's great, so give him a listen. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, cool. Do you have any um, shows
1: or other forms of media besides from music?
2: Yeah, um, a bunch of shows that I wanted to talk about. (laughs) First of all, The 100 on Netflix, you can find it there now, um, has a great bisexual main character um, and well-represented LGBT couples, I think, which is so important that when those couples and relationships are represented, that they're represented in a good light, and they're not, they're not, like, cookie cutter either, they're not the media's, like, um, perfect ideal of, like, what an acceptable gay person should look like, and by that I mean, like, you know, white and stereotypical, kind of, and this show does a great job, I think, of, like, putting all different people in those relationships because that's how it is in real life so that's great to include and um this is kind of a newer one but the show sex education on netflix also um, is so funny and so brutally honest um the characters are so amazing like all so well developed and i think it does it also does a great job of really showing the experience like the experience of growing into who you are and having like bumps along the way because it's no one's story I guess is perfect like there's not you don't have a storybook romance like the first time around and I feel like this not only exhibits like the LGBT experience of You know finding out who you are but like in general the like adolescent experience as well the second to last one i wanted to talk about is haunting of hill house and i wanted to include this because i'm kind of a horror movie fiend and this show came out also on netflix um and it's a horror series and it's so terrifying which is great which i wanted um so truly scary but it's also like it has these moments of um a lesbian character finding solace in a lover and so you kind of have like you know all the like the formulaic horror movie things that are included but you also have this like again honest depiction of love between two women so I thought that was great to include and the last show I wanted to talk about is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt um, which is a great show I prefer the first season I think to anything else but it's super funny um, great for like pretty much all audiences and it has Titus Andromedon in it who's, like, the character I'm focusing on. And he's, like, so funny, and... But he, like, also has this semi-serious, you know, as serious as it can get, on, like, Kimmy Schmidt (laughs) um, relationship with this guy. And, you know, they go through, like, different stages of a relationship, like, getting to know each other. And I think... I just think it's like great wholesome representation so I thought I'd include that that's it right.
0: <laughs> did you have anything else you wanted to talk about
2: um I think that's all okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Switzy and I are both fans of this podcast called welcome to night vale, and you've been listening to this for how long, approximately?
1: Oh, God. Um, I started several years ago, and I've had the amazing opportunity to meet the authors of the podcast a couple times. I've been in it for the long haul, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, Kat here just started, what, like, this year, (laughs) like, a few months ago? Yeah,
0: like, I, I started at, pretty much at the beginning of the year, and I have just been totally sucked into it. I, like, I'm seriously addicted to it at this point it's pretty wacky it's it's (laughs) been a it's been a crazy journey for sure yeah but um I I love it and it's it's awesome it's an amazing universe and yeah uh we kind of wanted to talk about Night Vale a little bit to end off this episode I guess and Genevieve you've had some limited experience with the universe of Night vale, is that correct uh,
2: yeah I've listened to some of the episodes like here and there mm-hmm. um but my like biggest exposure to it has been uh reading the
0: book mm-hmm. the Nightvale novel and if you've been to a book club in the past few weeks you've probably heard me and Caitlin book talk the Night Vale novels and i book talked the podcast because I'm really enthusiastic about this thing all of a sudden so I think Nightvale Vale is um, I mean LGBT characters aren't the sole focus but I think there is definitely a lot of representation in there um, I mean for one thing the, the main character the narrator Cecil is gay and that's that's a slight spoiler, but it it depends. I mean it's you find out really. you find out pretty early in the novel, you find out pretty early in the episodes. So it's not too big of a spoiler, I think.
1: Yeah, so in the world of Nightvale, the their normal is very different from our normal yeah. just in terms of like the way everything functions. Dogs are not allowed in the dog park. It's just, you know, I don't Every conspiracy theory is, is true, true in Night Vale. And honestly, the only—I've heard somebody say that the only normal thing in Welcome to Night Vale is the relationship between Cecil and Carlos, and everything around them is crazy, but they they are a constant, and I think that's really sweet, and I liked, I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's— I've never heard it said that way, but yeah, like, that's a good point. What I think is so interesting about the Night Vale universe is that it's not even, it's barely even mentioned that they're gay. It's just not, it's not unusual. It's not, it doesn't stand out at all. It's just totally accepted, and Night Vale is such an accepting place, and it feels so different in that way from the world we live in, which is not necessarily always as accepting of LGBT people. And it's just it's it's a beautiful relationship. it's it's really, I mean, we both said Carlos is our favorite character and he's he is adorable. We can agree on that. Um, and it's it's just a really fun, sweet relationship to watch, and they're not the only LGBT representation that occur in the podcast. Um, there are other, like, there are other gay characters. There are some non-binary characters. I mean, they're not the only ones, but yeah, I'd say that's the main focus.
1: Um, I mean, I know Genevieve was telling me what she thought about the,
2: the Ericas, the angels.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I um, Again, with my limited knowledge, um, there's these you guys are gonna have to like correct me if I'm wrong, but there's these angels and you know um, they're all named Erica mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all genderless and I thought that was really cool because mm-hmm. like you know, their pronouns are just always they
0: mm-hmm.
2: and like everyone is like... Yeah, like yeah. what else would you call the Ericas? And I thought that was so like weird and cool at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Some like perhaps
0: non-binary
2: representation in there. Yeah.
0: And there's another non-binary character uh, who comes in later on who I don't I don't necessarily want to spoil them. But spoil but yeah. Spoil it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um there, we start off with a sheriff in Nightvale who's like a really mysterious guy and then and then he disappears for some reason I don't remember exactly what happens to him but a new sheriff arrives in town whose name is Sam and they are non-binary and they're an interesting character to say the least um, I don't I mean I don't want to say too much but yeah it's it's kind of fun to have them around.
2: Yeah, I'm going to try to get into Night Vale some more, because I feel like it's kind of an acquired taste, but I did love the book so much, so I think I might give the episodes another try. So thank you guys Mm -hmm. for educating me. (laughs) Yeah, of course. If you liked the book, I really think that you're going to
1: like the podcast a lot once you get listening. It's a little bit of a time commitment. There's a lot of it now.
0: There is. There is. We're on episode 142. I think, that sounds I think right. is what just came out. So, yeah, there's like a, over 140 episodes. They're all at least 20 minutes long. So it is a bit of a time commitment, but I have gotten through all of it in like a month and a half. So it's, it's feasible. Okay,
2: perfect. I'll all get right. into it. Thank you guys again for having me. Um, no problem. Love you both. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm super happy that you
1: came out to talk about these different forms of media with us Um, I'm definitely gonna give some of those songs a listen and watch some of those shows so thank you for your insight
0: and I'm gonna try to uh, write down everything you talked about and like put it in the description so check the description of the podcast if you want a list of everything Genevieve just mentioned
2: Uh, not to plug myself or anything but I do have a Spotify where I have a playlist of like a bunch of the songs I just mentioned like and some and like some supportive songs by straight artists so um my spotify is syzygy7 that's s-y-z-y-g-y 7 and the playlist is called lgbt
0: all right head over to genevieve's spotify and check that out (laughs) yeah yeah and now for announcements
2: um, if any
1: of you guys haven't registered for the Teen Lit Conference yet and you're still interested in going, it is on April 13th, but registration might be closing soon or it could be filling up, so definitely head on over to the website and do that as soon as you can. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You get to meet authors and talk to them and get books signed and, and hear them speak about cool stuff, and then it, it's always a lot of fun to go to these sorts of events.
1: Game night every other Friday. Head on down whenever that happens to be.
2: When's the musical? Oh <laughs> yeah, guys, plug the musical. Come see you're in town. The musical. Um, I forgot the dates.
0: Uh, <laughs> we are very professional. <laughs> yeah, we're we're great here. Go check out the spoiler challenge. Enoch gave it a shot this time, and he spoiled some books that's (laughs) (laughs) how many books i don't remember i don't remember how many books he spoiled He spoiled some number of books go check out the spoiler challenge to see how many books enoch managed to spoil this week and finally you can find links to different book club social media accounts in the description of this podcast
2: thank you so much for listening to the third episode we'll be back soon with even more content again feel free to email or just find one of us at school if you want to give us feedback or be featured in the podcast in some way like I was. Yeah, just like Genevieve. And bye. Bye. Bye.